This is an HR program on demand, a living seed capsule of work life and workplace coming alive from a rooftop in Stockholm, Sweden. It's me, Ann-Marianne Rich, and me, Katarina Berg. A podcast on HR straight across the counter. Hello, Katarina. Hi. Here we go again on this rooftop in Stockholm. It's lovely. It is. Another sunny, really, really crisp day. Winter day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I thought that we were going to spend some time on one of the topics that is, well, trending. I don't know if it's trending. It's always trending, but learning. Right. Okay. And obviously, it's a broad topic, so we will not be able to cover everything on learning. But I thought that we were going to talk about a specific part of learning, and that is the business-driven action learning. Right. Why don't we start with first sort of sort out what it is? Okay, so business-driven action learning or BDAL programs, I think it's very, very useful. And it's also a concept that is taking everything that you need to excel within an organization. So it's not like made up on theory. It's not in a classroom. It's not blended learning. And it's not digital learning. It's, It's a program that is following a group of people right through six months up to a year, where everything that you do for a group of 16, because I think that is the the perfect kind of format, 16 people, you pick them from all parts of the organization, and it doesn't have to be your key, key talent. Obviously, they have to have potential, and you should be thoughtful who you put into the program. But you can now also do the mixed bags of, you know, making sure that diversity is there. You have all the different functions. If you are in different time zones, if you have different type of age, and every part that could combine a group of 16 in, in a very smart way. And then you have different parts in that program that will excel their learning into what is needed in the organization. So they have different models and they work on them. They come together. They get to know each other. They get to a better understanding of what's happening in their different parts of the world. They have the walks and talks with what's happening with my work right now. And they both mirror each other. But they also have a lot of book recitals that they try to first go to theory in the funnel, and then they go down to what does that mean for me in my job? But also on the midway down there, what does that mean for Spotify? Four and four, you put them together and make them work on a sponsored by somebody in the executive team project where they take a stab at something that people that usually work with that And as you do, get like, okay, the same format, the same kind of challenge, the same then solution to everything. Here you have four people that might not ever heard of this challenge or this problem or this opportunity or possibility. And you have them go into, like go row into the organization and listen and find out and really kind of knead and noodle on on a topic that is important. And it's a real topic in the organization. So it's one of those kind of do and dice moment. And then they get a lot of what I would call ice time in front of the executive teams and the wider executive team 
when they present these things. And when they hand over, it will be not them driving it all the way in. They hand it back to the people that might, you know, on the day to day, been struggling or coming up with more or less the same solution because that is what you do when you get really deep and very talented within a task. So it has so many moving pieces into it, but it is actually the business needs and what's in front of you as a company that will put the agenda together. And the really cool thing is there will never be one program that is exactly the same and not for the reasons that you might think, right? It's not about that companies moving. Hopefully it is evolving and having new things, you know, knocking on the door. But it is the group itself and the dynamics and and what happens when you put 16 different people into a group, right? And after that, you know, graduation comes, they go back. They have a circle of trust. They have a circle of knowledge. The kind of rumors and sometimes that people don't get or that department don't, they call each other up instead of bringing more facts into the myth of, you know, we are really good and strong and we live our values and we do everything smart and we work much harder here, but over there. All of a sudden, they have a very close friend that they spend a lot of time with and where they have a bigger understanding also why sometimes it looks like somebody or a company or part of that department is blocking what you're trying to do in your kind of part of the organization. So business-driven actual learning program only have, I think, you know, pros to it. It's a concept. It is something that is well tried out. And as if you facilitate it, you'd never get tired of it either. Because as I just said, the different kind of setup and the dynamic will change it over time and also, of course, the, the projects that they work on. Yeah, definitely. Love it. As you said, there are so many benefits of scheduling a program like this. So how do you actually select the employees or the people who are part of a, a program like this? Is that high posts or high potentials or how do you do that? What is the, the process? First of all, you have to define what a talent is. And I guess we know if you have a growth mindset, you know for sure that some people are late bloomers, some are early. So I would say that obviously the people that will be either nominated to a program like this and then accepted are high potentials. Mm. But I don't necessarily like that label because the people that are then not nominated or joining, are they not high potentials? I think we all are. And the other thing is when you, as soon as you get that etiquette, right? You could either go into complacency or you think a lot of things will happen without you not propelling them. So I think it's one of those lose-lose situations. But for sure, it is people that we believe in and that has shown that they are ready to maybe rock a new assignment. It is people that are passionate, curious. It's people that are putting their hand up. It's people that are doing a good job where they are today because we know that that is a truth. The best way to get the next new exciting assignment is to do a good job. Shouldn't plan so much, right? But then again, if you want the mix in these programs, it will be a lot of people that I think people go, oh, that was a surprise or I didn't know or didn't even hear about. So it could be rising stars and then you have to have a succession planning or you need to have a talent mapping that makes sure that even if your manager or a colleague doesn't nominate you, that there will be a way that we scout and make sure that we know where all these people that are right and ripe for the next 
But I think it's much more complicated and I think it's much more nuanced than having, you know, something that is called a hyper-program. So basically what you're saying is you don't have the hyper-program at Spotify. We don't call it. And then, you know, when you step out or you turn your back, because it's one of those kind of easy to remember and people like to have also put people and things and events and programs into different kind of boxes. I'm pretty sure that people say it's hypos and it's a hyper program, but it isn't. It is a business-driven action learning program right. where very smart people come to dance. I just love it. Excellent. So basically what I also heard you say is that it is by nomination. Mm -hmm. So you have, you know, people advocating or sponsors, if you wish, but you also tap into, you know, the regular HR process of talent mapping, succession planning. So you merge those two together. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. And, yeah. it, and it's also important. We all know that time is such a scarcity. And uh, as soon as you get nominated and accepted to a program like that, what we have found is very important is that you as an individual, you sign, you do understand that you are taking on extra chores because this will be on top of your job. And not just you, your manager is also signing that, hey, this person for six months up to a year will also go through all these things that will be time consuming. And we, we do really care about our people. They need to also rest. They need to, you know, have time to their family or whatever their family look like. It could be friends, right? If you haven't started your family yet or decided not to, you want your own family. But it could be, you know, your sports clubs or anything. So that is as important, again, because we want to have sustainable talent. It's not like we put this on top and then we put this on top and you need to do all of these things. So the manager needs to sign a contract too that he, she or they understands that, okay, maybe I need to remove some blockers or take a couple of things in or I can't put extra pressure. And thirdly, your teammates also signs a contract saying, I do understand that this person from our team will both go out and get more knowledge, will explore more into the company and will also have kind of a job to bring that back to the wider team. So it's not just that person that is invested in, it's that team. Again, meaning that what do they sign for contract? Yes, I cannot be upset or disappointed if he, she, or they joining the program might also sometimes be preoccupied. So it's a 360 kind of contract that now we invest in this person this time, but if played rightly, he, she, they will come back with information and knowledge and share that, which is also important. Definitely. I just love it. This is how you sort of also build that, you know, sustainable learning culture or, you know, advanced learnability throughout the organization, right? You have the manager, you have the peer, you have actually the employees who are part of that BDAL program, right? Yes, it's not just about one vaccination. It is like, it's a constant. And learnability is a lot about, you know, staying employable, but it's also about this each one teach one, right? So it's not that I go to a program and here, look at me and uh, I'm not going to tell you because we all know that knowledge as well as information is power. Definitely. But you have to, I think, understand that everything is a learning opportunity. It's not just an investment in, in one person. It's the same thing with leadership programs here. It's not that we invest all this time and money in our leaders. It's also us understanding that all managers, all leaders is such a big part of your environment. And if you're going to, as employees, reporting into this person and being part of that kind of unit, 
that is an investment to you too. Because we know that most people join a company because of the brand or the journey. And a lot of people actually still leave a company because they don't necessarily see eye to eye with their manager. So inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, and I think if I would promote anything, I think more people should do these business-driven actual learning programs. But I think what we have heard over the years, and I think even when you and I started... Ages ago. Uh, very long <laughs> ago. It's a trainee program this, trainee yes. program that. And trainee, we need to do this. Or I think we're not here to bash or talk down to anything. But if you would prioritize anything... In my world, a trainee program is like offering and also creating a very, very, very cool, very, very specific and exclusive lane uh, for people that is not even in your company yet, Mm. that you don't have any promises and they haven't shown you what they could do for you. And what I think is cool with a business action-driven learning program is this. It is people that has already joined. They have already contributed. They're bringing something to the table. And instead of just, you know, thinking about titles, which is quite old, or thinking about only pay, which needs to be fair and and good and, you know, according to market, but to actually invest in people that is already with you. And you can't be a good employer to the talent for tomorrow if you're not a good employer and also investing in the people you have today. And I think this is where you sometimes go wrong. You have and you create these enormously cool you know, programs where you can go abroad for a while, yeah. you meet all the people in the executive team. It's so ironed out, everything within a trainee program. And what do we see? After two years or maybe a year after you finish that, they leave. Exactly. Then you can, you know, always argue that you lose somebody to, you know, Volvo. And then they lose somebody to Scania. And then they lose somebody to a bank. But to be honest, I think what it does and where it's hurtful is to all the talent you have internally. Why can't they go abroad for a while? Well, can they not join a program like that? And this is where the BDAL program comes in, right? So if you would, or if you think trainee program is a very good way to get people in and then convert them to employees, and that that is your kind of attraction tool, do both. Just don't do trainee programs. I think that is my kind of stressing it. Yeah. And I agree. I think the return on investment on the trainee program is obviously lower than the BDAL. So totally agree. Thank you so much, Katarina, for sharing. Thank you. Let's close this with the three things. The hashtags, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag stay safe, stay not close, right? No. It's still corona. Yes. So stay safe, stay strong, stay active. In In the the modalia.